What can you expect from an experienced financial advisor? Are all advisors alike? And will the right advisor really make a positive difference? Your Financial Journey is a podcast brought to you by Providence Wealth Advisors, LLC, a wholly owned affiliate of Providence Bank and Trust. In this series, members of the PWA team discuss the importance of planning, relevant developments, and investment strategies geared to help you achieve your wealth management goals and to provide you with experience, guidance, and support every step of the way. Welcome. I am Doug DeGroat from Providence Wealth Advisors. On this podcast, we are going to discuss our thoughts on what to expect in the markets, as well as other economic issues for 2023. I have with me today, Brian Granado and Tom Clifford, who are also with Providence Wealth Advisors and the Providence Bank Trust Department. Welcome, Brian and Tom. Thanks for having us, Doug. Thank you, Doug. Happy to be here. Thank you both for attending. So before the three of us share some thoughts on what to expect in 2023, I thought I would briefly touch on how we ended 2022. So in reviewing our notes from last year, we noted that we were cautiously optimistic on 2022. Although we did note there were some issues we were dealing with in the markets and economies that we did not have to worry about in prior years. As an example, the two primary issues being inflation and, in turn, rising interest rates. With that noted, here is how we actually did finish the year. The Dow Jones Industrial Average, the most widely followed stock index, was down 6.86%. The S&P 500, a more broad stock index, down 18.13%. The NASDAQ, which is more commonly known as the tech-heavy index, down 32.51%. Emerging market index, down 19.94%. The Bank of America five-year treasury index, down 4.21%. The Bank of America 10-year treasury index, down 16.29%. And the Bank of America seven to 12-year municipal bond index, down 6.83%. I would suspect, obviously, you see a little trend there, a lot of negative numbers. So the best equity sectors of 2022 were energy, which was actually up 65.43%. And ironically, that's very similar to 2021. And utilities up 1.56%. All other sectors were down for the year with technology down 28.19% and communication services down 39.89%, those two being some of the worst sector indexes. On a twist from 2021, however, when growth outpaced value during the year, during 2022, value clearly outpaced growth. So value would be what we would consider more traditional type of companies and typically ones that have a dividend income stream attached to them, such as Eli Lilly or Bristol-Myers Squibb, unlike a pure growth company such as Netflix or Amazon. And just as I noted, Eli Lilly and Bristol-Myers Squibb were both up during the year, while Netflix and Amazon were both down. Today, we thought we would offer some thoughts on a few issues where we are at in the inflation battle, 
interest rates, equities or stocks, and finally some political thoughts as politics does affect the economic areas we want to address. So with that noted, let's get into what many Americans are focused on today, and that remains inflation or the price increase of basic goods and services. And ironically, this was the primary issue we discussed in our year-end outlook last year. So Tom and Brian, let's get into these topics. Uh, Brian, I'm going to start with you on this one. What are your thoughts on inflation? And I guess uh, before I turn it over to you, I would begin by saying I think things are better as we head into 2023 than 2022 on the inflation front. At least things seem to be uh, easing a little bit on the inflation front. So what are your thoughts? Thanks, Doug. Um, I would typically agree with what you're saying there. I think the inflation trend is likely to remain uncomfortably high for a while longer. However, that large drag from the expiration of the pandemic fiscal relief measures appears mostly behind us. The impact of monetary policy tightening is peaking now and should gradually fade this year. Also, the supply chain recovery finally appears to be yielding the deflationary payback that has been deferred for over a year by a series of further pandemic and war-related disruptions. I wouldn't expect rate cuts this year as the economy is likely to enter a mild recession, as it appears today, of course. I believe the battle against rising inflation will likely continue to dominate much of the economy and stock market this year. We all know the Fed is trying to thread the needle between slowing growth enough to curtail inflation while at the same time avoiding a recession, which is infamously known as achieving a soft landing. However, that's really a narrow opening. So those are my quick thoughts. Doug, I'll pass it back to you for any additional commentary. Yeah, that's great, Brian. And, and, I, and I guess I, I agree completely with you. Um, the uh, thing I find interesting is it's kind of as if the Fed and Chairman Powell uh, from the Fed have been the ones that have had to deal with this problem. And um, it's it's finally like the White House and Congress are getting it. They're, they're hearing Americans and, um, you know, they're doing things like releasing oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve um, and really focusing on uh, inflation as, as a real problem for the average American. So, um, yeah, I think it'll be a, a, a volatile year. It'll be a topic you're going to hear in the news throughout the year. But um, it would appear that things are turning. So that was that was a great summary. Um, and actually, you, you you talk about how it relates to interest rates. And, and that's a great segue uh, into our next topic. So uh, from the inflation front, mm -hmm. let's move to interest rates for 2023. And the 10-year Treasury had a yield, which is really the one most people follow, that 10-year Treasury index. It had a yield at one point under 1% during what I'll call the, the COVID economy. Um, last year, as we entered 2022, the 10-year treasury bond was actually at 1.85%. Today, that 10-year treasury is bouncing around 3.5%. Uh, but during the year, it actually had pushed close to 4.5%. So we were a little low on our thoughts for rates during 2022. 22, with all three of us thinking the 10-year might end the year around 2 to 2.5%. Two um, in reality, we actually saw the worst bond market returns over the last 40 years as the Fed hiked rates aggressively during the year to combat inflationary pressures, just as uh, Brian outlined. So, Tom, 
Let me start with you on, on this topic. Um, what are your thoughts with where we stand on the rate front? Sure, Doug. Let me give you a, a few thoughts here. Um, well, first of all, I think we all agree that the Fed has continued to uh, indicate that higher rates are still coming. However, um, th there is a little bit of a debate as to how many rate increases and what the extent of them would be. Will they increase the rates somewhere between two to four times in 2023? And what, what the rate amount would be, what the increase would be, anywhere between a quarter to a half percent each. So that's still something that I think most analysts and uh, economists are still kind of discussing. Um, we keep hearing that 5% is probably the Fed target rate for short term. Um, but interesting enough, the, the, the Fed sees, I think I've read that the Fed sees its rate peaking at a target range of anywhere between five and five and a quarter, but economists see it peaking at somewhere in the range of about five and a half percent. So you see, that's where I, I think a, a little bit of the conflict comes in um, from that perspective. Um, over the, the past few weeks or so, the forecast for Fed um, had peaked interest rates ranging from four and three quarters to six, as high as six and a quarter, um, with the lowest forecast being at 4.9% and a high of 5.6. So even on some of the information that we're getting from um, from the Fed and the economists, it, it tends to be a little bit in that range um, in terms of where they'll be at. And internally, we're focusing more on the short end of the yield curve where we're seeing more of our, our bang for our buck, um, even though the longer-term rates have moved up a little bit. I, again, the value tends to be on those, the shorter end of that uh, interest rate curve. Um, Doug, those are some of my thoughts. I'll turn it back over to you. I think that's a, a great summary, Tom, and um, yeah, summarizes where we're at uh, perfectly. Um, there are two things happening in the fixed income side, it seems to me. You've got the Fed that continues to say they're going to keep hiking rates, as, as Tom noted. Um, so that short end of the yield curve uh, is where you find the peak, again, as Tom noted. However, the long end continues to move lower. So as the, as the short end goes higher, the long end goes lower. It's an inverted yield curve. And that's, again, so the other side of the trade is the Fed saying they're going to keep raising rates and the market is actually saying, you know what, Fed, you're not going to raise any more rates. You've, you've slowed things enough. And in fact, you're going to be cutting rates in the future. So time will tell. Um, uh, it would appear both the market and the Fed can't both be right. Um, either the Fed's going to keep raising and rates are going higher or they're going to pivot and start lowering rates. But I think uh, Tom's exactly right. We've been trying to err on the side of staying on the short end of the yield curve. Um, it's the safest place to be. It generates the most yield right now and kind of protects our clients. So uh, that's where we've been doing uh, or, or the strategy we've been following. And uh, before we kind of move on from this topic, I'd be remiss to not mention how it affects housing. And we get asked that question a lot from, from clients. Um, housing's been hanging in there um, in spite of uh, these higher rates. The, the interest rates, if you call the 30-year mortgage, was 3% a year ago. Today, we're six, five, six and a half, um, much higher payments. But there still seems to be demand. Uh, there hasn't been a, a large sell-off in the housing market. Um, things have been stable. You're continuing to see growth. I would say things are slowing. But it's not like 2008 where it's fallen off a cliff, and we're not so sure it's going to be like 2008 either. Um, uh, for those that are a little older, uh, like 
Tom, Brian, and myself, we talk about it all the time. Um, you know, I, my first mortgage was 13% in uh, 1985. So a 6% mortgage, if, if you look at historical standards, that's a, that's a really good rate. It's just we've, we've got um, kind of accustomed, if you will, to these low rates um, um, because they've been around a while. So Tom, Brian, before I move on, um, I thought we'd just, well, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Let's let's talk about where we think the 10-year treasury might be um, at the end of the year. And again, today, it's running about, we're right at about 3.5%. So, so Tom, I'm going to throw it over to you. All right, Doug, I'm going to... Um... I'm going to predict that the year-end 10-year treasure will be somewhere between 380 to 385. All right. That seems reasonable. Um, Brian, any thoughts on your end? Well, I'm going to do a little prices right. I'm going to go a little lower on that and go uh, 375 on the 10-year. Okay. You're going lower. Well, I, uh, keeping with your prices right theme, I think I'm going to go a little higher. Um, I think the Fed's going to stay with their strategy, and I'm going to go at 4%. Okay. Well, hopefully there's a new car behind that screen there, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brian, I'll settle for a coffee when I'm ready. How about that? <laughs> so let's transition to equities or stocks uh, from the interest rate front. And again, equities are affected by what's happening in the interest rates environment. So the first few weeks of 2023 have been extremely volatile, which, which we would expect given this interest rate volatility that we've seen. However, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is up about a percent. Uh, the S&P is up about three and a half to four. Um, and the NASDAQ's up about six and a half. And finally, the international sector is actually up about seven and a half. And that's an area where things have really lagged over the last couple of years. So, um, with that said, we've got a little rally as we start the year. Time will tell if it continues. Um, but Brian, let's lead off with you on this topic. What are you? What are your thoughts on the equity market for 2023? Well, I think as we start this year, the suggestion is is to focus on quality based factors for stocks such as balance sheet liquidity, positive earning revisions, strong free cash flow, and and lower volatility. Um, Higher dividend paying stocks have outperformed during past recessionary bear markets, and they and they actually outperformed again in 2022, not only in the U.S., but in other countries as well. Continue to try and focus on value or dividend stocks as part of our strategy. We have last year and we have for prior years, and in prior years, it didn't work out the best, but last year, it really did pay off. Um, however, not all stocks are created equal. I think Doug has mentioned this a couple times um, in the program, but uh, particularly in the growth versus value, which it couldn't have been more evident than last year, actually. For example, last year, Amazon was down 50%, and these are ballpark numbers, of course, but Amazon down 50, Apple down 26%, Microsoft down 28%. Big names, and um, but in the tech area, growth areas, and that's what took the biggest hit. Conversely, as Doug said, the, the energy sector did very well. Um, Exxon was up 86%, Chevron up 58%, and touching on Eli Lilly, which Doug mentioned as well, that was up 38% for the year. So market volatility is set to remain elevated, would be my guess. In the first half of 2023, I think the expectation is that the S&P 
500 will retest the lows of 2022 as the Fed over tightens. There may be more choppiness given inflation is still a noticeable problem, but I think the longer term U.S. economic outlook has improved. If and when the Federal Reserve scales back its aggressive interest rate hikes, investors might be more inclined to return to equities, particularly the tech shares. However, the war in Ukraine and new COVID cases will also have an impact. So if nothing else, 2023 should be very interesting. So Doug, I'll swing the mic back to you. It always is interesting, Brian. Yeah, it's uh, fascinating to look back on the prior years and then try to look forward. And uh, yeah, it's just, you, you, you never know, I guess. Um, and I think kind of picking up on just one of your, your comments um, is a great summary, but um, you know, economic developments certainly affect earnings and that comes back to the Fed and are they going to over tighten and slow the economy too much? Because, you know, how does that affect things? Well, that, that in turn affects corporate profits. And if corporate profits are lower, stocks are not worth as much. The stocks typically trade as a multiple. So if a company was earning $2 a share and it's trading at 10 times earnings, that's $20 a share. If all of a sudden that same company's earning a dollar a share because of economic event, economic conditions have deteriorated or inflation has reduced profitability, you, you run the same calculation and then it's earn, then it's that same stock is worth $10 a share if it earns a dollar a share at 10 times earnings. So it's um, it's just something to keep in mind um, as, as things evolve during uh, the year. Um, I'm going to put you both back on the spot again, however, though. Um, we closed the year on the S&P 500. Let's look at that one. That's the most widely followed index. You know, that ended 2022 at around 3840 or so in that range. Um, today, it's trading, you know, a little over 4,000, call it 4,050 or so. Um, so where do we see that index ending uh, the year at 1231, 2023. You're going to have to put your uh, forecasting hat on again. So, uh, Tom, I'll start with you. Sure, Doug. Um, being that the S&P closed at the end of the year at around 3840, um, my expectation is that I believe it'll be up anywhere between 4 to 5%, which would put us right around that 4,000 number where we're at today. Um, but that's where I would expect that to be. Again, with the close at 3840, somewhere right around 4,000. So we should see some some pullback in the first six months there. And then, as Brian said, test that bottom and then come back and, and hopefully be around that 4,000, which would give us about a 4% increase. So you are anticipating, Tom, some volatility then along the way. We're just not going to sit around here for the next 11 months at this 4,000 level. You're thinking we could trade lower and then back to where we're at today, some volatility. I, I do. I think um, as we look at and, and one of the things that even as we look at recessionary talks, um, I do think in the first half of the year, um, we'll, we'll see that volatility. volatility ending in, in late summer, let's call it, early fall. Um, okay. And remember, the stock market's, always, stock market's always looking out 9 to 12 months in advance. So some of the best buying opportunities are likely to come in the first half of the year. Very good. Very good. Great. Um, Brian, how about you? Uh, Doug, Tom, I'm actually on the fence. I'm kind of balancing myself 
uh, hedging a little bit, 4,100 to 4,200, I'd say, give or take uh, by year end. Um, I will say I am buckled up uh, in my seatbelt, though, kind of tight uh, before we get there. Okay. So similar thought process as Tom then, Brian. You think we might see a little uh, drawdown on the equity side and then a, um, a rally from there? That is correct. All right. That seems to be the consensus. Okay, very good. Um, I'm going to go with, um, I think, something similar to both of you. And I um, I think you're going to have some increased volatility, I think, the in, in the first part of the year. And I think, just as Tom said, that's probably from the Fed um, continuing to tighten. I think at some point the market, they, they haven't liked it. They didn't like it during 2022. I don't think they're going to like it any better in 2023. But I do think we're getting close to the end of this cycle of interest rate increases. And when we when we reach that peak, I do agree again with Tom. It's a forward-looking mechanism, the equity markets, and they're going to be looking ahead and thinking things are going to be better in the future. So I'm going to go around again that 4,000 level too. I think um, that's a good, good uh, guess at this point. Um, any other commentary on that? Uh, Tom or Brian, before we move on? Nope. think we're okay, Doug. All right. Tom, anything? No, nothing more there, Doug. All right. All right. Good. So from there, uh, let, let's move on and, and talk, you know, what I would call our political issues. Um, and, you know, Tom and Brian and I have kind of run through different scenarios. Um, and this is where there's some real potential for market reactions uh, resulting in, you know, future future potential market volatility, depending on how things might play out. And, and that volatility, by the way, can be negative um, or it could be very positive. And these are just the unforeseen events that, that, that we kind of thought about that, that could happen. So, you know, first of all, we, we are now through the midterms uh, for, for this country. Um, and while Republicans did con control, they did gain control over the House, they did not gain control in the Senate, and we've now got divided government. So that's something we're going to have to uh, live with the next couple of years, and maybe that's okay. It, it's worked okay for markets in the past. Um, but the next major election cycle will be the presidential election. Um, we're basically two years away. Um, I guess that's officially started um, with former President Trump's announcement that he's now going to run again for the presidency. So I think that process will be gearing up and there will be, again, unforeseen at this point, but there'll certainly be some topics or issues that come out of that campaign that could affect our markets. Um, a couple other issues that, that the three of us see, you know, you've got Russia and Ukraine, that, that war continues. Um, what, are, what are potential outcomes of that? Well, you could have a stalemate, seems unlikely. It could continue indefinitely. Um, that, that's a possibility. Um, Russia relents and, and backs off. Mm, tough to say. Um, could you have a change of power in Russia? You know, that you, you'll read articles about that periodically. That could be good or bad, by the way. It's, it depends on who the next person coming in. And I say good or bad for our markets. Um, so there's certainly that issue remains uh, something that could be and cause a lot of volatility in our markets. Um, the other one 
that most listeners, I'm sure, are aware is the China and Taiwan issue, uh, which remains at the forefront of international politics. Um, you know, different options that could happen. You've had China say um, Taiwan is a runaway um, province. Um, so does China actually invade the island? Um, possibility, do they relent and just back off? Um, possible. Um, how about a siege of the island? They, they basically surround it with warships and don't let anything get in or out. Um, again, all possibilities. Um, and again, depending on how it might play out, it could be good or bad. So um, it'll be interesting to see, but we do see at least these, those three issues um, could come into play, drastically alter our markets and the economy. And there's always, of course, of some type of event out there that we don't necessarily envision that could, could come into play. So uh, time will tell on that. So with all that said, as we conclude, those are our thoughts for 2023. As every year, as we noted, it will be interesting to see how things evolve and change throughout the year. Uh, we culminate with that the, the fact that you know within our group, we overall feel pretty optimistic. I would say cautiously optimistic for uh, 2023, certainly more so than 2022, as, as we do think we're getting to the end of this potential interest rate increase cycle. Um, but there do remain issues that we're dealing with that we have not had to deal with in the past. So we do feel inflation is falling, and that alone could be a positive catalyst for both the bond and stock markets. Uh, we wish you a happy, healthy, and prosperous 2023. In closing, be sure to subscribe to your financial journey on either Apple Podcast or Spotify. Please call Brian, Tom, me, or any of the Providence Wealth Advisors staff with any questions you might have. Thanks for listening. Providence Wealth Advisors, LLC, or PWA is a wholly owned affiliate of Providence Bank and Trust, or PB&T. The investment products and services offered by PWA are independent of the products and services offered by PB&T and are not FDIC insured, may lose value, are not bank guaranteed, and are not insured by any federal or state government agency. Investment products and services are offered by appropriately licensed investment advisor representatives, subject to the general oversight and authority of PWA. PWA is an SEC-registered investment advisor company. To obtain a copy of their ADV Part 2A and Form CRS, visit www.providencewealth.com. PWA is located throughout the Chicagoland area and Northwest Indiana. To contact PWA, call 888-927-7387, email askexperts at providencewealth.com, or write to 20220 South LaGrange Road, Frankfort, Illinois, 60423.